0: This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada has been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years. With their up and running program, you can access eBay's 180 plus million buyers in 190 countries around the world. With up and running, there are no listing fees on up to 200 listings per month, and you only pay fees when you sell. As part of the eBay community, you get real-time advice and inspiration and access to powerful selling tools and insights. Go to ebay.ca forward slash up and running, stay local, and sell global.
1: Welcome to Canada's Podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hi, this is Angela Fay from Canada's Podcast here in beautiful British Columbia, talking to Brett Anibal from Millionaire's Row Cider Company. Pretty excited to talk to Brett. Hi, Brett, where are you right now? Hi,
2: everyone. Um, I'm in the heart of Summerland, BC.
1: Well, and I love, I mean, it's just the fact that you live in a place called Summerland, I just just to have conjure out such great imagery. And right next door is a community called Peachland. So, you know, it just speaks high energy and lots of sunshine and lots of positivity. So is that your experience living there?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then when January hits and we're shoveling snow, and we kind of get a good laugh out of it. It
1: the becomes California. a hyperbole. Yeah. Brett, tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey.
2: Yeah. So definitely always had that spirit in me, but a little bit of a type B personality or the absent-minded entrepreneurial. So I needed somebody beside me to ever make this come off, but definitely the visionary, the dreamer. So that's where a lot of my early entrepreneurial ventures went was into the ditch because they needed (laughs) to put the, the actual rubber to the road and i had all kinds of ideas so entrepreneurial journey got good for me when i got married and my wife came beside me i was interested in finance and that was part of the entrepreneurial lots of real estate investing type things and then finally leading to where i always envisioned this day what we're doing now. So it took a while.
1: So talk to me about that kind of childhood dream and and where you are now. You said you've, you've always imagined it. And what's actually, what, what has come to fruition, pardon the pun?
2: Yeah, it's kind of funny. I talk about being a dreamer, a visionary, but something different about me is that I dream small, and I have small mm. visions. <laughs> it's always had a vision of something kind of I could manage and something, yeah, small. I don't, I don't have big, big uh, aspirations in a way, but they are aspirations. And so the idea of when we came out to the Okanagan in the early nineties, and I saw these farms out here in this area, I thought wouldn't it be cool to have something out here and some kind of a business, some kind of a farm. And so getting that vision to come to pass from the early nineties, that's a long time ago when I look at the calendar and, uh, so a small, I don't know, a small vision come to pass is still pretty exciting.
1: You say dream small, but small can be relative. And so we're going to talk a little bit about your small. So you have a farm in uh, Summerland. For those who are in the field, what, what, what size is your farm?
2: Yeah, so it's a 10-acre apple orchard. That's why the decision to be an apple-based cidery.
1: Okay. So really you went from buying a farm because you, you wanted to uh, have this childhood dream apart part this childhood or youth dream. And uh, did you move there with your family?
2: Yes and no. How's that for a terrible answer?
1: Okay, um, that's all right.
2: Our, no, we actually left the kids behind and then they came here right after. So they're here now. Took a couple of years. So yeah, there was a couple of years of separation, but the plan was for them to come here. So it just had to happen in a certain order.
1: The how doesn't always uh, exactly present itself at the beginning, right? But So you're now there with uh, multiple family small farmer. Uh, Who's all involved now, Brett?
2: Our two sons are are independent, doing what they're doing, but they are helping out here. I mean, this is the time of COVID, and they're out here helping out as they're um, restructuring their lives, in a way, after... Um, this kind of displaced them from school and work from out in Calgary and Saskatchewan. So, you know, these are the unexpected things. This is one part of the entrepreneur story to me is being an entrepreneur is to realize what you control and what you do not. And you just anticipate what's coming down the pipe that you're not controlling. And so like for our family to be here, that was out of my control. And Certainly, a desire, it had to happen a certain way.
1: It's a bit of a global reset, and suddenly it, it worked in your favor to have family close by. Yeah. I love it. Now, obviously, you and your um, wife, and I apologize, what's her name? Janet. Janet. I look forward to meeting Janet in person. We've got some history because we have mutual friends from uh, Southern Alberta. And uh, in all fairness, I'm going to say, um, I got presented with this Millionaire's World box. Of cider from a loyal advocate that said and you need to try this so this has been sitting in my fridge and I have not tried it uh, my plan was to do this in the afternoon so that we could actually share a tasting together so but I promised that to do it I promised to do it later on my own I my plan is to uh, bring some cider advocates and, and taste these but um, let's just jump into the story of millionaires row how did you go from 10 acres of apples to cider
2: well because the goal was never apples i was looking for something like i wear out words and so i was always wearing out the word purpose find purpose find purpose and eventually my wife even would start making fun of me you're always talking about purpose you know it's like (laughs) so. like I say, the small things fill in, but I knew there had to be bigger purpose in everything. So I was looking for the bigger purpose. So there's an apple orchard. It's gotta be a bigger purpose and it gotta be a bigger purpose. And so when the millionaire's row story hit the apple orchard, my, I was out pruning in my orchard. My wife phones me. She's up hiking on a trail and there's a sign up there. And it says on the trail that this area of land we bought in is known as millionaire's row. There's all these influential Eastern Canadian businessmen, uh, Lord Thomas Shaughnessy being one of them, well-known Canadian Pacific Railway President, they all made this area known as Millionaire's Row back in the early 1900s. So it's like, holy smokes, we bought a piece of land with a great historical story. And so when we came out here, we thought we'd do something with our piece of land, cidery was an option. So as soon as that moment came up, I could see there was something bigger in the storyline. It's like, oh, Millionaire's row Cider Co. And there it is. And it was in a moment. It's just a flash. It is a moment. You get the moments of inspiration. When you're looking for something bigger that transcends yourself, you'll see it. Like, otherwise, it could pass by. But you have to be expecting something bigger than yourself to finally show up. I and love that. You're, you're actually looking for it. Because if i just looking for my own little desire, I would, I'd miss that moment.
1: And something that we talked about, and this is the sort of greenfield, you know, the farming, grassroots story that could be, my analogy is like Silicon Valley, right, in the, in the States, where there were seven founding entrepreneurs and, and people with resources that had this, future-focused vision for the area that they lived. They were in love with where they lived and they loved their business and they came together, seven guys um, formed Silicon Valley. Millionaire's Row story is a little bit like that, but in a in a farming community. Can you share a little bit of what you've learned about this wisdom of the previous generation that you've landed upon quite by accident?
2: Yes, um, and it is exciting. We get to tell so many people this story every day and that's also beyond what I could have ever imagined, because it, it's a story that resonates with people. So now I get where I think the majority of people are at, um, and what we do have a common hope and desire, I do believe. Um, the story of Millionaires Row is quite simply the, some of the wealthiest, most influential businessmen in Canadian history in the uh, Canadian Pacific Railway and uh, in the banking, and so I'll drop a few names like Lord Thomas Shaughnessy, R.B. Angus, Sir Edward Clouston, Mr. Holt. He was one of the most richest men in Canadian history, still is money to this day. And you know, these guys, they show up here at Summerland early 1900s because they're all over Canada doing everything. And they see opportunity here. So they see opportunity with the land area to the railway and they, they start to make a land play here and they start to develop the lands into fruit lots that people can come in and buy. They start the Summerland Development Company and they throw out fruit lots for $100 per acre. People from all over Canada start coming in buying these 10 acre fruit lots approximately for the $100 per acre and Summerland is born So in doing this, they're also doing all kinds of backstory things. They're developing the the water flumes into here and the utilities. They're developing a community and area with a greater plan of fruit in the area and fruit onto the train into our Canadian Pacific hotels, fruit exporting throughout Canada. And that's why I have this sign up behind me about showing uh, Summerland's fruit exports for 1918, or half a million Mm -hmm. dollars. So in the grand scheme, they had great designs And in the end, they created opportunity for people with their wealth. And that's a little Mm. bit what we're starting to miss in our society. More opportunity created and may a little less, I don't know if it, It's almost like a benevolence in a weird form just giveaways (laughs) win the lottery or get a handout i don't know it created opportunity the history of this country of opportunities created people thrive into that because you get purpose and meaning and you take control of your destiny a bit and away you go so that's the million arms story was a win-win business deal with a land transaction and developing of of an area that's had a hundred years of just going great guns after its inception.
1: And fast forward to 2020 is, uh, you know, you're in the Okanagan area, some of the communities, Summerland, Peachland, Kelowna, Penticton, you know, those sort of grouping of communities is uh, I believe the fastest growing area in, in Canada obviously it has geographic climate and, and you know some some natural assets there that can't be replicated anywhere but you know without the vision of these people hundred years ago there probably wouldn't be the ecosystem and the infrastructure to be able to build on that
2: Oh ab- absolutely so there is the vision of when you're doing something um, certainly you benefit the true I like the true entrepreneur spirit seems to say, I benefit, but you can really see how you're going to benefit um, other people with it. I remember seeing some stuff about um, the benevolence of the butcher, you know. He actually does his job knowing that he is going to be benefiting somebody else, he will get the benefit. But you really work to benefit the other person, the person comes into the meat market. It's, It's very simple economics and then they come back and they're happy and you get a gain, they get a gain. I don't know how these simple concepts have kind of been a little bit lost, um, taken hostage. I'm not sure what, but uh, to get to regain them, I feel like as soon as you start to reestablish these principles, I see people kind of come to life in them and act hopeful.
1: Love it. I just wrote down simple economics starts with benevolence. <laughs> there's a, there's some magic there. Absolutely. Um, and being of service. I want to talk a little bit about the possibility of multi-generational farming and wealth creation now that you and Janet have created you know this this space and this business and and the boys are at least temporarily home joining you. Um, do they see opportunity uh, to capture the essence of of what you're doing and and create their own wealth from it?
2: You know, I see something that they're seeing in a shorter scope in that, um, they feel a tangible benefit of, of this place, just, um, the lifestyle of it. And so I do, I do feel them starting to move into an understanding of what's more. And I think that, that'll continue to develop in them because it's it's always interesting to me how as much as, let's say, that the generation before us has the truth or there's more wisdom, but you always have to capture it yourself. So it'll be interesting to watch that, like that question you asked, how will my kids capture that understanding for themselves? So I'm still waiting to see that.
1: <laughs> and what, let's just talk about lifestyle a little bit. You know, that that story, uh, just a quick <laughs> related story is, you know, where there's a fisherman sitting in a boat trying to catch a fish and he's having this beautiful sort of moment in in his surroundings and he's catching a fish and somebody comes up to him and says, you know, hey, you're great at catching fish. You could do more and you could be And you can create a fish plant and we can do more, more, more. And as they talk through that, the question is, what's more? So why are we doing all this again? And the answer is so that I have time to sit in a boat and fish (laughs) and enjoy my surroundings. And so, you know, it have to kind of embrace the fact that we're in this odd COVID pause. I call it the strategic pause, I guess. The COVID pause is what's more is coming back to some very grassroots lifestyle, quality time, spending time with friends and family that, that maybe you've been so busy that you haven't been able to do that. And suddenly we're, we're now in this essence of quality of life. And I, I wonder if part of the experience, Brett, that you were trying to create and that seems to be happening, and we'll talk a little bit more about the actual cider in a moment, but is the experiences right the magic in the ordinary the the lifestyle now that the the boys are experiencing what would what would they say to their peers now as far as being at home working on the on the farm with mom dad and enjoying the lifestyle of the Okanagan what would what would what do you think they would say
2: yeah and that's a that's a great question um and certainly like they did experience other things. Like my one son, he was right downtown Calgary, living the downtown lifestyle there. And so, yeah, I think, you know, they would say the most positive things. And the thing is like what their experience, what their voices would be saying, I hear um, echoed in our tasting room. I think our tasting room is one of the most interesting places I've ever been because of the amount of people I've got to experience in there and what they say. So it's like, like what my kids will say, I will hear people also say, it's like, Oh, this is so great out here. Wouldn't it be great to be, you hear all this real up language and this real positive, mm. and this real um, desire to something, but it's a shared, it's a shared experience or it's a, it's a shared inner, inner thought that's in people. So I do see so much common, In people. And it makes me feel more hopeful than I did before we did all this. Like, there's no doubt about it. I I see, (laughs) I I think I was a little off base as to where people are at. And with this broad spectrum, including our family, I feel like something is is shared in in humanity and people that we can hope on together.
0: This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is powering Canadian small businesses. Go to eBay.ca forward slash up and running to open your new global e-commerce business.
1: Brett, let me ask a little bit about you have a, you have a natural grounding. I, I'm going to describe it as holding the space for your words, humanity, uh, what's more, the positivity of your tasting room, creating an experience that is shared. I mean, this is just fantastic. One thing that you and I talked about earlier in our introductory call is and that absolutely bespeaks Millionaire's Row Cider Company is branding is not necessarily a thing, right? It's not a it's not a logo, it's not a thing that you do, it's not a series of campaigns to sell. It's an essence. Yeah. And this is why I say I think you're carrying the essence of the Millionaire's Row and now sharing it and propagating it into your community. Can you tell me a little bit about that experience for you?
2: Yeah. um, Well, like as much as I was uh, positive saying, you know, when I first heard the name, I was all excited and I was like, oh, that's the name of a cidery. But to be honest, then I had a pause afterwards and I thought, ooh, I don't know if I want to carry this name, especially in the day and age we're living in. It's like this comes off very elitist just certain ways I don't know if I'm comfortable with. And so what's been interesting as we moved into it, we saw the historical story and thought, no, we go, this is good. Cause there's a good backstory here. And the interesting thing is when people come in the tasting room, how people have already taken it on in their mind, like what they think the brand is. Yes. And then we're done with the experience where we're at with it. So. The brand to me is, as you say, it's an essence. And as much as we, you know, people have talked to us, we like the font, we like the the look, it looks a little bit monopoly-like, you know, with the font, (laughs) it gets a certain feeling, the old days, top hats and all this kind of stuff. Um, When the essence of the story is done, because it has to be experienced beyond just, you know, just the, the superficial, yeah, then I know that we have, it's funny you, you've you said it a few times about the create space for, because when people are done, they've shown their desire that they wish somebody would create space for them. Like we tell a story of these guys mm. created space for other people. They create, I say opportunity, but the other way to say it, and and this is some of my, I'll just let uh, anybody watching know, I I do have some theological training and it's interesting to me one of the if i could boil down my theological theological training into an essence it's like create space for one another um, Beautiful. the beginning of the of the bible is a very short time showing god about 30 some verses showing how god created everything and then the rest of the book is showing how you create space for everyone else it's amazing the desire that's in people to to have that done for them, and then they'll want to even reciprocate it. So when you see that these guys came in, created an opportunity, said $100 per acre, here's the land area, here's the opportunity, they're actually creating space because nowadays the idea of consolidation, which is rampant through industries, consolidate, consolidate, we're all worried about the small businessman being phased out. That's why this podcast is important. The small entrepreneur getting crunched to the big system, consolidate, consolidate. This was the opposite story about distribution. Here's the land area. They didn't own it anymore. They sold it off into small lots, made smaller lots so more people could come in. Amazing, instead of holding it, they distributed, created space, and the next 100 years is the evidence that that thought works. Because families, generationally, Everything exploded, prospered, and worked. So, the essence of the story of the brand is I could almost say, create space for one another would be a great slogan off of it. And when you get that feeling, I just feel like you can see the spark in people start to ignite. That should be what is and should be possible again.
1: I love it. Brett, in your experience, what reading or what if if people feel the essence of you know this the energy in this podcast and your brand and obviously I'm going to um I'm happy to have a tasting sharing if anybody wants to, you know, import some uh or or find some millionaires row, we should have like a live tasting. We should try we should actually try this. I like this idea of of um you know (laughs) if we can't travel to the to your tasting room, maybe we should create a digital tasting room one night. I love the idea. Great idea and great space for positivity and, and everybody can have a little bit of I mean this one is this one is high and dry we've got modern miracle making a mint and hop on board I mean how positive when they get they all I'm sure have a great story behind them but uh, how other than us creating a digital tasting room which I think we should totally do after this today but can you give audience some ideas on how to maintain that essence beyond this podcast is there readings is there a ritual that you do to keep yourself grounded in in essence that you could offer some wisdom to to other entrepreneurs especially in this time of odd pivot
2: yeah well you know it's funny about um in this world right now, everybody's talking about morality, right? So nobody just showed up when you were five years old and started doing business. Like we all formed off of something. There's more to each and every one of you than just whatever business you're in. And a lot of people are in businesses that may they don't even, that's not their heart's desire. But that's okay. There's always room to do that business to the best of who you're formed to be. So it's interesting. Be true to your ethic. Um, your ethic, that's your underlying platform. What do you even, where do you even come from? Did somebody give you a, you know, teach you the Bible when you're five years old? Did somebody teach you a, a different religion? Was there a system or series of, that forms your morality? So when you're really true to what your ethic and morality is, then you will, you will do way better into this next part of what you're doing. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I realize the way opportunity comes up. Most people probably aren't doing exactly what they want to do. Like, even if you ask me, is this exactly what you want to do? Be a cider on an orchard? I'd probably say, no, I could still think of something, something that would have been my ideal. So we can all think of something that would have been the ideal thing. But if we're true to those things that formulated Mm -hmm. us to be who we are, we will start to, um, transcend the, the situation we're in and something better will come out of your product line. something will come better out of your service. There is room for better and it would stem from from that I believe that is that is where it shows up from.
1: Well, and I'm, I'm highlighting what is your heart's desire, your ethics, your morality. be aware of uh, what has crafted or helped you create your ideologies as, as an exercise that people can actually just do in the next, you know, week, just, just just maybe just spend some time and, and dig deep on the world. According to Brett, I love it. I also want to make the suggestion that what I hear from you, Brett, is that really the cider is the, the means. Yeah. Right. It's the, it's the mechanism by which you get to engage with people in your tasting room and offer. Uh, and going back to the idea of the millionaire's row where they had so much to to offer and then they divided it up and shared it amongst those that were willing, that that took the risk and came out to the Okanagan when it was undeveloped and, and jumped on board and decided let's let's be part of this fruit, you know, ecosystem. And you're the next generation and you're now taking the cider and creating the space for, for others to have a taste of the good life.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's one of the fun parts of the story where we get to use our, if we have any comedic ability or any skill, there's actually a point where we belittle these uh, millionaires just, and when I say belittle, I mean, yeah, just take them down a notch.
1: Humility and humbleness.
2: Yeah. Cause they did their part. They got, like we like to say, they got the wheels under it. They got it going. But we, and then we really like to emphasize what people did for the next hundred years, the real success in the story. And that's our modern miracle product. We, that's where we use that product is that it's the next hundred years, the people that came in that were, you know, they weren't so well financed. They really were taking the risk. They were laying it all out there and mm-hmm. making it on what it is. It wasn't these millionaire guys. It was the next hundred years of that spirit that built it into what we're standing in today. So then, you know, we, we kind of, we just kind of take those guys down a notch and we lift up the people who are just like me and you and all of us watching the podcast, you know. Uh, these these were the elite and the ultra rich, the, the millionaires, and I'm sure they're not, I don't think Kevin O'Leary is watching the podcast yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so the great part of the story is what people rise up to to become and so yeah we we kind of level the field a little bit and once again you see that story resonate with people and that's where they, these brands like when you get into these like what what is modern miracle what is hop on board like our brands are definitely the the conduit to tell these stories which are really um really in our own personal essence what we believe and so at every step we're telling it with some conviction and uh, personal belief <laughs> behind Absolutely. every bottle. So, yeah.
1: Well, and I'm hoping to tap into a, the, your real tasting room before the uh, the end of the season this year. But um, Brett, how can people get a hold of you, host podcast, and you know, a- and also a hold of Millionaires Row if they want a taste of of the good life? How do how do people get their hands on a cider, and how can they connect with you?
2: Yeah, um, hands on the cider is, is limited because we are mostly localized. Um, definitely right in the area, a few local liquor stores, couple of local restaurants, and our tasting room. And we're very low on stock now. Um, we'll be getting into a new new run in the fall, of course. Thank goodness, so we're very grateful for a measure of success that we're having. And to contact us, uh, we do have the regular social media outlets. Uh, mainly Instagram is the best way okay. to make our contacts, and we do have a website, millionairesrowcider.com. And yeah, Instagram is is a really nice touch point. Yeah. And
1: that your your touch point on Instagram is actually called Millionaires Row Rose Rose Cider on Instagram.
2: Yeah, I believe so. It's my son that looks after
1: that. <laughs> When I know you have a hyper local uh, sort of philosophy, I know that, you know, you've you've managed to keep uh, the distribution of millionaires row really quite within the region. But, um, you know, I I have a sneaking suspicion that you might get some pre-sales if you set up a pre-sale account after sharing your story because it's such a great story. We're just going to want a taste of it
2: we do have bigger aspirations, but we we started small and have had this measure of success. So we are going to be expanding into next year, even into the uncertainty, which, you know, you just have to have that kind of faith and absolutely, and we'll manage that growth and away we go. So yeah, I, I, I appreciate your encouraging words right there. So
1: <laughs> Perfect. Brett, it has been a pleasure. I always loved it with a bit of a, as a farmer's daughter, I love talking to people who are working the, working yeah. the land and, and have, you know, basic manufacturing of food products and uh, consumable products. So thank you so much for your efforts and for, for being the, the conduit for Millionaire's Rose Story and for being a massive sort of brand essence for the Okanagan. It's, uh, it's lovely to meet you and
2: we'll, thanks. we'll do some and more fun stuff. Making you seem somewhat coherent. I do. Is, it was lots of fun. I really love your podcast here. So thanks so much. I look forward to seeing you in person.
1: Sounds great. Thanks, Brett.
2: Okay, thank you.
0: This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is here to help. They've been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years, and their up-and-running program is getting Canadian businesses online today. Visit ebay.ca forward slash up-and-running. Stay local and sell global with eBay.